0: right Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Today, we have one of my favorite plant-based physicians back on. Her name is Dr. Lori Marvis, and she's going to be talking about cracking the code, two proven techniques for life transformation. Please welcome her to the show. I'm dying to know what crack, what code we're trying to crack. <laughs> I think mean,
1: just being consistent, but thank you for having me. It's always a joy to be here.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's been far too long. You always make me laugh.
1: That's
0: yes, me. Cracking the code, people.
1: <laughs> All right. Shall we get
0: started? I, I can share? Or? Oh, yeah. If you want to jump in. Okay. If you, you know, maybe somebody is watching this that doesn't know you. So maybe tell people who you are. Sure. Absolutely. So
1: um, thank you for having me. I'm uh, Dr. Lori Marvis. And I am a lifestyle and family medicine physician, board certified in both, and I have been plant-based for well over 11 years now. Um, had a really fun story how that happened. It was a patient that actually ignited my change, which was amazing, and it's been a wild and fun journey all along those, those lines. And I think it kind of leads to the discussion today when I wrote the title cracking the code the two proven techniques for life transformation because that's where my curiosity led me um it was curiosity from a patient that got better that led me down the pant, plant path plant base path there we go I' say that quickly five times <laughs> and also with my own podcast I think I started that seven years ago because I gosh maybe yeah it was seven years ago really just to understand why some people were able to, take on change and maintain change. You know, maybe they were overweight, like, you know, for example, um, Joshua Johnny, right. He was 400 pounds for many, many years and then had a transformation and has kept it off for a very long time. So those type of stories just intrigued me <laughs> and how people did hard things, even when the world was against them. So that's where I came to and I've seen a consistent thread amongst the thousands of patients and I just want to share with you kind of more of a named and how and maybe some um, resources for people if they're interested in learning more because now I I was just searching for like what was it exactly you know mindfulness is definitely part of it Um, how we treat ourselves is part of that but there's some really interesting um, therapy and some actionable items you can do to also engage in these two techniques.
0: Yeah. Well, I always wonder too, because, you know, you never know, like when I start a new class or a new group, you know, some people have gung-ho enthusiasm and you think, oh my God, they're going to do it. And then they don't. And other people, little quiet people, they do it. I always wondered, like, is there, because I almost feel like you shouldn't even bet on who's going to do it because you don't want to make somebody think that they can't do it if they can.
1: Right. Well, that really speaks to the point that I think doctors sometimes don't share this knowledge because they're like, oh, they're not going to do it anyway. Or why bother? Because you know someone has failed in the past. I think it's a matter of priority that we share with people that they have really a matter you know, control of their own life choices. And it can just change so many things about their health and their experience and just living a life of purpose. But really the the two things that I wanted to speak to are um, and you may have heard of these things. It's called Act Therapy, It's Acceptance Commitment Therapy and Positive Self- Talk. And act therapy comes from uh, Dr. Stephen Hayes. so he's a psychologist, really interesting book called The Liberated Mind or A Liberated Mind. And he speaks to his own anxiety and how he had an epiphany one night. and It's really incredible. I love listening to us on Audible. And I would encourage you to, and I can dive into the principles of acceptance and commitment therapy, but it really is something that we're already kind of aware of, or maybe some people aren't, especially if you're practicing mindfulness and meditation. Now, for me, it's a matter of looking at people and going, you know, there's some peaceful people, right? They could go through the most horrendous experience, but they just remain peaceful and kind of calm and joyful. And I was always intrigued by those folks. And then in addition to that was Dr. Shad Helmstetter, his work on positive self-talk. And it's really a matter of not just like, you know, trying to encourage yourself and speak affirmations, but it's giving yourself a different language, understanding that we can reprogram how we speak to ourselves, because sometimes when we come out of, let's say, you know, trauma in childhood or very difficult situations where we didn't have positive influences when we were younger, we don't know how to speak to ourselves and our language needs some upgrading, right? So it's almost like you're putting in new software and he has some really cool things, but his book called what to say when you talk to yourself is amazing. And he also has an app. And honestly, it's, It's been phenomenal because what we'll see is I've been using it too and I feel like I'm pretty positive. Well, I start hearing different thoughts, right? So these thoughts that come, I can't stop them. They all have thoughts, right? We always have that little river of thoughts flowing through. But if you start listening, even if you're exercising and if it's off on the side, like while you're getting ready in the day, you really start understanding how you speak to yourself differently. And if those thoughts that bubble up are different and they have a different... I would say almost value. Um, it's really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Nice. Uh,
1: yeah. So I think the really important thing here to understand with the, the ACT therapy, and if anyone has any examples of this, I can kind of speak to it and give you an example once I just kind of go through the, there's some core um, principles is acceptance, right? So it really encourages you to acknowledge and embrace your emotions, right? Because I think many of us, Turn away from emotions, especially anxiety and fear, because we don't want to deal with them. You know, we do hard things every single day. And I think people don't give themselves enough credit that they can actually take on tough things, like maybe it is, you know, changing your diet and when nobody else is standing there with you. We've seen people do, again, parenting or take on a challenging job. It really is understanding that you can embrace the emotions of fear and stress and learn from them and be able, feel comfortable with them. And that's where I think one characteristic of people who are really successful is that they embrace and understand this is going to be difficult, but it's worth it at the end. Because when I get to the, one of these other principles, values is really, really key here. Um, the other part of this is really in what they call diffusion. It's basically when you are detaching yourself from these emotions, um, and the, when I first under, heard about this, it was really in this mindfulness. And so last year I went, you know, I sold plant-based health, starting a new business, moving across country, and it was really stressful. And a friend of mine recommended the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And it was the first time that I understood that I am not... I understand my, I'm not my thoughts, right? Because I could say I'm a pink elephant. I understand I'm not a pink elephant, but it's like you're an observer of your thoughts. And those thoughts I don't have to engage with. I think that was the power. And, and reading his story was so incredible. So I would really encourage anyone who really is going through a trying time that there's another way to approach this. And it takes time, right? It's practice, it's like a muscle, but just the diffusion and the mindfulness piece is so important. and. It's just a joy to watch people understand the power they have within this organ between their ears, right? This three pound organ really is <laughs> the key to your success. Um, it's not, you know, urges and cravings, it's really just how you engage with these things, these emotions and these thoughts. Um, but anyway, and then it comes back to mindfulness, being present here and now. There's different things you can do to practice mindfulness throughout the day. Um, those little practices are really amazing. I struggle because I have ADD mind. I don't have ADD, but I have type A head. Like I'm always thinking about different things and just small incremental mindfulness practices through the day are really important for me. And I think walking, for example, and just looking at nature and, and, you know, being aware of the trees and how the wind is moving or the little bird that just flew in. Just looking at all, and or the smells and the, the wind against your skin. That's a mindfulness practice, right? So there's there's different types of mindfulness. And then what they also occurred is called self as context. So this is the where you develop a sense of self beyond your thoughts and experiences and feelings that again gets to that mindfulness and like you're an observer of the thoughts and mind, and the and feelings that are occurring. But the really important one I think is really besides the mindfulness piece is values clarification. Oh my goodness. So if we can look at decisions in our life and we base them on our values, that's when we can do the hard things, right? So instead of looking at a goal, like, let's say I want to run a half marathon. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to do whatever, eat a whole food plant-based diet. Because I think we are, we, at least for me, when I, and patients, when I see them engage with just goals, anytime they fall short, it's really easy to go back to judgment and shame and, under you know, thinking that we're never going to succeed, but that's where, you know, we talk about this as a journey, but I think it's when you say, why do I want to lose the 20 pounds? Why do I want to eat a plant-based diet? They say, I want to be healthy. I'm like, well, why do you want to be healthy, right? I know why I want to be healthy. It's because I want to live a life unheated or un, um, I'm not able, let's see, un, there's no obstacles that I can't obtain. So example, um, let's say that for my family, if my family, my kids want to go hiking, I want to be able to go hiking with them. So for me, my truest value, my most value, important value to me is family. So everything that I do, I think, think in service of that value. And so when I exercise, or when I eat a whole food plant-based diet, um, I understand that I will be in the healthiest place I can to spend time with my family and engage in activities that have so much more meaning to me. it's never the present or the physical present that I get at Christmas. It's the experience of Christmas, for example, or it's the experience of a travel and the time that I spend with my family or the conversations that I have. I want to be fully engaged in it. And I know everything that I do to improve my health leads to that. I hope that makes sense. Um, and then really, it's a matter of committing action, right? So once you have understand your value, and then is there actions that you can do to lead you to goals that really amplify that value. And that is really the important piece here. But the self-talk also comes along the side with it because it helps you with that flexibility, that psychological flexibility, where we can understand that we can speak to ourselves differently, we can have different thoughts. And then when we're learning this new language, it's not as hard, right? We're, We're learning a new positive mindset, but that is really the core of what I've seen with patients is that they've really, hooked on to the value of why they're doing something. And then it makes it easy to do the hard work and they start speaking to themselves differently. And I will tell you, that is a common thread over years and years of just thinking back of my experience with patients. And it's such a beautiful journey to see someone travel. Um, Yeah. That's the big piece there.
0: I think. Nice. Were you sharing some slides today?
1: I don't have any slides. didn't want to bore anyone with slides. I think, you know, it's a lot of words. And I think more importantly for people is to really think about um, maybe some of the books that I'd recommended, because there's, there's a lot of story elements to these books. And I think people willing, really be able to understand the stories and maybe feel like there's some compatibility in their own life. They'll recognize that maybe that story within their own selves um but living untethered by michael singer is another good one but honestly a liberated mind what to say when you talk to yourself the surrender experiment and i would start honestly at the surrender experiment because it's so powerful his story is should make a movie (laughs) so it's it's pretty amazing i tried to get him on my podcast but apparently he doesn't do um any type of online stuff. So I I really want to make a trip out to Florida where he lives to say hi, because I I feel like he really impacted my own life and really how I talk to patients when they're struggling.
0: Maybe you could give in uh, for the show notes, the resources of the books you recommend.
1: Yes, I will definitely send that to you.
0: Nice. Well, uh, do you want to just take regular questions from yes, the chat, so people? Yes, have absolutely. Okay, well, let's just. I I do have some that were sent in, but I don't want to miss the ones in the chat. So let's see what we have there. I saw. Um, I saw one. Where did it go? Okay, uh, Christian says, "How do vegans get B vitamin B twelve, creatine, mm-hmm. and carnosine and vitamin D three and." DHA and heme iron and taurine.
1: Oh my. Okay. So now we're going (laughs) deep into the uh, questions on the micronutrients, which is interesting. So I'd like to start with B12 because I think B12 is really key to understand. I have had discussions with patients who have been plant-based vegan for many years and ignored B12, right? Or they thought that they could get it only from nutritional yeast. The problem, if we just do like fortified foods, we're not sure how much we're consuming on a regular basis versus a supplement. And I think the one supplement that I do recommend patients take is B12 on a regular basis because B12 can have serious long-term permanent issues. If you're in a deficient state, Um, you can have nerve damage. That's serious. And so people feel fatigued. They can become anemic and some other things. So the best thing to do is actually measure. Um, my good friend, Dr. Joel Connie, is like tests don't guess, right? So the things I would encourage you to measure would be B12, methylonic acid, that's or NNA for short, and homocysteine. And when you have those three, um, when you're looking at your B12, you wanna try and keep it above 500. And the other thing with B12, some people take just a methyl B12 um, that can be a problem because it can shunt down one particular pathway of B12. So you might want to take um, a cyano B12 cyanocobalamin, which is what Dr. Greger also recommends. He's got a great video on that if you want to learn more about it. And if you have some problems with that, you can also do uh, methyl and adenosyl the two combined. And there are some things like complement heads supplements have some nice uh, B12 combo there. But again. I think it's really important just to think about. And the reason I say 500, even though that's above the low normal, that's where you don't see these symptoms. Um, for example, tingling in the fingers or fatigue or the anemia. If I keep you above 500, that seems to do really well. And so that would be the B12. And then what were the other ones? There was some, there was quite well, a lot. There lot out there.
0: Of, okay, let me look for them again. There was quite a few. Um sh- Okay, sorry, I swore. Vitamin D. Um, Okay, so it was B12, creatinine, carnosine, vitamin D3, DHA, heme iron, and taurine. Okay, Um,
1: as far as your vitamin D, just getting out in the sun, especially in the summer, um, you know, 10, 15 minutes where the sun is on your skin without any type of um, sunscreen is important. And again, this goes back to testing and don't guess because vitamin D can is a fat-soluble vitamin. So it can actually be harbored in your fat cells and you can become toxic. And now it's rare, but it, you just don't feel well. And so as long as you're above 30, you're, you're good. Sometimes folks who live at a higher latitude, meaning there's a little less sunshine, especially in the winter months or they're not outside, you might want to take a supplement. And again, I would test it and determine what your ideal levels are. The um, importance, it's important for your immune system function It's also important for bone health, and it can have some interesting effects on mood that I've had with patients in um, fatigue. So just, these are just anecdotal um, patient stories, but I, I think they're pretty powerful. And when you see that the change in the response. Now, as far as you're looking at other things like a specific amino acids or something like that. Um, I would say as long as you're eating a wide variety of foods, especially in the bean category, whole grains, um, we're looking at non-starchy vegetables and starchy vegetables and fruits, and then have a nice, you know, um, regular source of nuts and seeds that maybe just a quarter cup, as long as you're not trying to, um, deal with like either type of food addiction or weight loss that can be where you can actually get um, a variety of things like the uromegas, the ALA, which is a short chain fatty acid, which comes from things like uh, ground flaxseed or walnuts or something like that. That's important for brain health. It's good for heart health, but those will convert to the long chain fatty acids. And so um, if anything, I would definitely look to utilize some type of nutrients um, in a wide variety. It looks like FHA, is not feeling well, so we are just going to keep on talking. And um, the other things that she had mentioned uh, were some, of, like I said, the micronutrients, um, the amino acids. Again, this comes to you don't have to pair particular foods as long as you're consuming foods that are wide variety of colors and the different categories of so fruits, veggies, legumes, lentils, things like that, and excuse me, nuts and seeds you're going to get all the amino acids that you need. Now, the other important thing here that sometimes people ask about is whether or not they're getting enough protein. So as long as you're consuming enough calories to maintain a healthy weight for the majority, um, you should be able to get enough protein. However, I do see some problems with some people. They don't particularly like beans or legumes, it's really interesting, or they want to avoid tofu or, you know, soy products, either because of an allergy or they've heard something and have, you know, preferences and don't like it. Um, I think you have to be a little bit careful in those aspects when you're excluding even further than just a plant-based diet. So I think it's important there, again, to maybe do a food diary and calculate probably about one uh gram per kilo, which is 2.2 pounds. I would say that would be your minimum that you want to probably reach as we get older. Also, we might need a little bit more protein to maintain our muscle mass. You know, after turning 50 a few years ago, I'll be 53 in October. I really understood, understand the importance of maintaining muscle mass. Um, Cause you just start thinking about things. It's a, body gets older and it takes a little bit more work to maintain what was easier 10 or 20 years ago. And, um, I hope, uh, feeling better, but we'll continue. And I, I don't see, uh, questions on here, but I will go to some of the more common questions that I get from folks is, um, of course the protein piece, uh, the supplemental piece, which again, I think you'll be 12 is absolutely the most critical, um, Supplement that you need to take on a regular basis. And, you know, one of the questions I was just in Dallas recently, and they did a showing of the documentary that I was in called From Food to Freedom, and which was uh, made by Nelson uh, Campbell, uh, T. Colin Campbell's son from Plant Pure. And it was such a fun thing. And so, what we did is we took eight patients and we lived in a house together for 10 days and Kim and another chef, Kim Campbell, um, were gracious enough to feed us amazing food. We checked labs before and after, and six of these eight patients were insulin-dependent diabetics. And let's see, I think we're into day three or four. We had a majority of them were off their insulin. Uh, The rest, the other two, Let's see, I think one dec- decreased it by 60% by day four, day three, day four. The other was 95%. And by the end, um, again, those four remained off their insulin. The other two uh, continued to have lower needs. And okay. AJ, are you feeling okay?
0: Well, in full disclosure, this has never happened in 1,606 episodes, but I got nauseous and I just threw up. Okay.
1: Do <laughs> so we need to? Go on to are you ready
0: to go? No, are no, that's okay? what I was hoping. There was slides. I apologize, but uh it oh, was oh no problem. Not to get too graphic. It was I didn't have any food yet, so it was just yellow. I guess you call that bile. So
1: yes, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe okay, okay. tell me
0: what I should do. I'm not, I'm not gonna go to the emergency room, but can you get me closer? No, no. Boy, that was yeah. weird, you know, that's, I always think about like, what do people do? Like, like, let's say if they were a live performer, which I am in a way, you know, like, a, <laughs> but I just got, so I don't want you to take it personally. Yeah, but I got really nauseous and. no, I, I, I
1: Yeah, you weren't quite yourself. I could tell yeah. something was off a little bit, so I hope you're okay. Just yeah, maybe yeah. we could talk afterwards and make sure. No, I'm okay.
0: sure I'm going to be fine, but that, that was really quite embarrassing, but thank goodness you saw yeah. that, yeah, but I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah. Um, okay.
1: Yeah, I was say, just talking about yeah the documentary I can, I can that you. we were in. Okay, no, you yeah, were talking about in the documentary, that documentary.
0: By the way, yeah, that was one. You would, how long did you have to live in that house? It was uh, ten days
1: total of filming. It was really funny because you know i would never been in a documentary, but you you're in your bedroom, right? And you're like, okay, do I look put together enough so that the moment I walk out, <laughs> there's going to be a camera and forever filming something? You never know what's going to make. The cut, and they literally filmed this from the moment we got up to to evening, and for ten solid days. And I don't know how these guys take all of that hours and hours of film and make such a cool story, but it was really awesome. And I love the fact that they went back at six months to see how of the eight, four of them continued down the path, and four of them struggled and fell back into old habits. And i I th- think honestly it really goes back to kind of what I was speaking to in the very beginning, right? Because if you can put this into a value place, right. It, that's where it was. They go back to their real lives and they were able to conquer all the hard things they had to do in order to stay and maintain um, the path. And the, the wonderful thing is their health continued to improve and it, they got to enjoy, you know, having more energy and engaging in activities, especially the young uh, gentleman who, you know, went off to college. And if you can do this in a college dorm, <laughs> you can do it anywhere.
0: Do you, um, do the, the stuff you were talking about at the beginning, like, could that yeah. have been applied? If you had known that, maybe you didn't know that then, yeah. but didn't use it in the film, could that have been applied to the participants?
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I understood it to some degree, but this was filmed Almost two years ago, right? A year and a half ago in October. I actually turned 51. I had my birthday with these guys. So <laughs> we had a, a nice little celebration of my 51st birthday with them. And what was interesting, I I spoke about habits and habit loops. So they understood that they had control. They could be the orchestrator really of their own health by giving them certain tools of how to build habits. But what I was missing was number one was the value goal right and adding looking at using values and making every decision in our life is it going to lead me towards more value is it um, going to continue to feed my soul of why i'm here on this earth because i will guarantee you there will be times for example a good example silly example but still example the same is like for example when i'm running like I'm training for another half marathon. I've been, I've done two races with my daughter this year and I'm doing a, a third one in November and there are just days. Yeah. I just don't want to run because I'm tired or whatever. <laughs> you know. And I'm running and I'm just like, oh, another hill. But you know what? I, I imagine use my sense of imagination it was like my family needs me on the top of that hill and I will power through, you know, and I, I've used that technique for years when I was in the military um, training. <laughs> there's some very uncomfortable things or any time I always think at the end of the day, I work for this. I do that. My family is always coming back to it or my important relationships in my life. And cause there are people who are not blood relatives. I consider family. And you know, it's just, I, it's just a powerful thing. And it's just, Oh my goodness. It's, it's really fun to see people connect to that. And when you start talking to patients, like what is your aspirations? What are your hopes what, are, what would your life look like if you had a different um, trajectory of your health? They're like, stop, they stop in their tracks and they go, wow, nobody's ever asked me that in a medical, pre- <laughs> um, in a medical appointment before, because it just changes the conversation and it allows them to explore the possibility that they have the strength and the ability to change their lives differently than what's got them to the point of illness. And I think it's just fabulous. I'm, I
0: me. <laughs> Somebody in the chat saying maybe I'm pregnant. I don't think so. That would be a miracle. <laughs> um, so it, it, are you wearing two smart watches? Because Erin's asking, if so, why? Oh,
1: I am wearing my Apple Watch, which, you know, does my day-to-day um, tracking for, which I utilize a lot for this number of steps. If I have a text message, you know, I'm in connected again with my family, making sure they're meeting their goals because we kind of run off each other. And this other one is a whoop. And the whoop um, was sent to me by um, the vegan, well, you might know him, Lucky, well, Maxine. Um, he's the, the vegan coach. Um, and basically the really cool thing about this is I'm seeing how my sleep is going, right? So I feel like I have for the most part, pretty good sleep on occasion, I'll wake up pretty early. Um, But it really, it's kind of fun to look back and seeing how my sleep efficacy is. And then my, um, the variability of your heart, the heart rate variability is an important piece as well. So are you okay?
0: Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, boy. But Yeah. Um, there's a question from Marion is too much B12 dangerous doctor told me to cut down on supplement as it was too high in routine blood test was taking 2000, looks like milligrams or micrograms per week, 63 old female whole food plant-based.
1: Interesting. So if 2000 per week is too much. Wow. That's great. So you must be eating a lot of probably fortified foods with a lot of B12. Cause I found that most folks who are taking once a week dosing tend to be a little bit lower Um, but you, it's not necessarily dangerous in the, at least the more recent science that we have, but I don't think there's any reason for us to be outside of the normal parameters. So if that was too high, absolutely cutting back because otherwise you're just peeing it out. You're, I consider it a waste of money, but again, you know, studies continue to change, but these are called, um, water-soluble vitamins, right? So outside of A, D, E, and K, everything else is water-soluble vitamins. So you just pee it out typically, but again, um, it come, at the end of the day, our bodies only need a certain amount, a little bit amount. And when you start running into dangers, when you're taking in too much um, of these supplements, especially because we don't even know what we're taking. A lot of times um, supplements are not monitored by the FDA. And I like to use another really great resource for people is called consumerlab.com. They do independent testing of different supplements and different foods and things. For example, brown flaxseed, really interesting on the contaminants. Um, like cadmium and lead and different things and different supplements and foods. But yeah, I would definitely, they, they recommend different particular um, brands that would have less likely to be contaminated with different things. So anyway, that's consumerlab.com, great resource.
0: Nice. Here's a timely question from a live viewer, Brassneck. What do you recommend if you have an upset stomach The whole food plant-based SOS free for the last four years? Hopefully it hasn't been upset for four years.
1: Yeah. you know, Honestly, it's a matter of why you're upset. So if you have a playlist, it really depends on why you're nauseous. Um, But typically ginger is a really good one. I think um, you can get some uh, ginger tea is great. I drank that actually a lot when I was pregnant. I was one of the unfortunate ones who vomited most of my nine months pregnant three times. And (laughs) I got a friend of mine Actually, it was my cousin who sent me ginger tea and that's been my um, go-to every time. In addition to that, sometimes your stomach will do a little bit better if you do some very bland things. Um, Potatoes, for example, Um, toast, banana, what we call a brat diet, right? So uh, white rice sometimes. Again, it's just just the only thing that your stomach is too hard to um, consume. So yeah, just very, very simple foods. At that point, in small amounts, and the really important thing is staying hydrated. Just drinking very small sips, sometimes of like, for example, um, you know, seltzer water or something like that. Uh, just general water will be fine. Um, some people will find that they they do better with um, some other flavored drinks, um, but again, it just depends on why you're having the nausea too.
0: Great. Thank you. This is a question that was sent in from Mike. And he says, I've been taking vitamin D3 for six years. Blood tests in March shows its level of 67.8, whatever, nanomole per liter, maybe. Mm-hmm. And this month of July, it shows 49.4. What could be the reason for the drastic change and decrease?
1: That's interesting. So when you think about vitamin D, it's actually a hormone. Believe it or not, and because it acts in your body like a hormone, and it could be a variety of things. Maybe you were traveling in a place um, with less sunshine. If you're taking the same amount, maybe you were consuming it with things that were decreasing the absorption. Uh, your body would utilizing it for different things. So I think as long as you're consistently above 30 and less than I'd say 80 to 100, you're probably fine. And if it vary if there's variables, it's okay. For example measuring your cholesterol. Sometimes people freak out when they're like, I was 122 and now I'm 150. It's okay, your body has different needs. Your liver will produce different amounts of cholesterol and utilize it to make hormones under stresses. Maybe you had a cold. Again, vitamin D is important for immune function. Um, Maybe it was utilized there. So a variety of different reasons. And unfortunately, or fortunately, your body is an amazing system and it's able to regulate itself and utilize what it needs, as long as you provide it all the foundational ingredients.
0: (laughs) Great. Thank you. These next few questions are from someone who asked to remain anonymous. What to do if a 25-year-old got diagnosed with primary ovarian insufficiency? And maybe you can just say what that is.
1: Sure. Um, Oh, so primary ovarian basically means that her ovarians, ovarians, oh my goodness, her <laughs> ovary, I'm thinking of the diagnosis and then trying to, but her ovaries have failed basically, right? So um, most likely she was attempting to get pregnant and went through a workup and found that her ovaries have failed and it's not producing the hormones or the eggs required um, to, you know, proceed with having a baby. And causes um, again. I think the majority. I'm I'm not an expert in this, but typically you're sending someone to a fertility specialist, um, a gynecologist, to be more likely able to answer the causes of why. Um, but that's unfortunate. Yeah.
0: Right. So so okay. That that's the type of doctor that's best. A, a fertility specialist. Yeah. Like yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. There's lots of reasons for it, and I don't, uh, yeah, and, and it's a definite rabbit hole we could go down, but.
0: And another question is, is it really safe to take hormone replacement therapy from age 25 to 52 years old? Are there any negative side effects and are there more natural options to take instead of HRT?
1: So this goes, this beckons to a few different things, right? So if I'm talking to someone who's 25 and I'm assuming this is from the same person, and has ovaries that are not producing the hormones that are key to a woman's health, right? So a typical 25-year-old is producing estrogen and progesterone and you, you know, LH, FSH, all these things. It's a it's a really interesting cascade of fluctuating hormones throughout a, a female's monthly cycle. It's really important that they do replace those hormones and that they're measured regularly to make sure that you're within the physiologic amounts, because if you don't, you're at higher risk for some things and especially your bone health, heart health. Um, And yeah, it's just really important that you can see that. Now, then if you hit around the age 50, right, so this is the onset of menopause. Now, are HRT helpful? In some cases, absolutely helpful. When women are overwhelmed with the side effects of menopause, for example, just miserable with hot flashes. And by the way, if you eat a whole food plant-based diet and have soy regularly, they're less likely. So most women do okay on a plant-based diet with menopause. Um, But that's not always the case. In some cases that has been shown in studies to be very helpful for women who are going through this transition in that first five years. After that five years, I think there's still some debate on whether they're helpful or harmful. And I think the important thing is to remember menopause is a state of a normal humans, of female humans life cycle. And so as long as we can, you know, help women um, eat a healthier diet and, you know, include, I would say, phytoestrogen sources like these soy products, like tofu, tempeh, soybeans, edamame, those things, you will have less severe menopausal symptoms. And um, I speak to my own experience. I, in this interesting transition phase in my life, um, so I'm still perimenopausal. I'm not having hot flashes. Um, I am doing great. But the, the piece to it is understanding this is an individual decision. And you have to look at that particular person's symptoms and how they feel about HRT. I certainly would never push HRT, but if someone came to me asking me, should they use it? I would say, well, here are all the options, and here are the risk, and here are the known, well, known risk and known benefits, and make that decision together. Um, so I don't feel like there's an absolute right or wrong choice here. Again, it goes back to having an informed discussion with patients, and um, really just following to what's again making a decision based on their values. What is their value? Is it I just want to eat, do normal, you know? uh natural occurring things and if that requires a little suffering with some menopausal symptoms so be it. Um but I think it's important that 25 to 50 year age. I think it's I would say that's really important because there are going to be some long-term negative consequences for not replacing those very important hormones um that you know we are normally have at that young age.
0: Hope right. that helps. Thank you. You're gonna love this question because it kind of ties in what you were talking about at the beginning maybe I should have asked it at the beginning, and this is from (laughs) Marsha. How do you get started? I'm 71 and just cannot get started with whole food plant-based eating. I will do good for a couple of days, then fall completely off. I'm married and my husband does not eat whole food plant-based, and I know this is an issue. I do put his food in separate areas. What simple steps can you give to get out of the gate?
1: I will tell you, it's a great question. Um, Beyond the fact that you know, I, I applaud you for taking this on and you're never too young or too old. Like I, I've told other folks, my oldest patient who went to a whole food plant-based diet was 89 (laughs) Um, after the diagnosis of lung cancer. And she did great at age 89 um, with it. So again, I I applaud you and I'm excited that you're willing to take this on. And even when your husband is not. So I think the important thing is, is a few things. One, you have to plan. Um, and when you look at planning, it's a matter of, you know, like AJ, I've used the thing you always said, if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. Um, and I love that you're keeping that food separate from you and what you're not wanting to consume. But I would go, well, when you're planning, why do you keep falling back? You say you go for a few days and then you fall back. Is it because you're you know creating the meals for your husband? Can you not make his own meals? Can you order your own meals and have your Or order meals just for your husband, like there's different ways to look at but what are the obstacles that keep tripping you up and then plan how to overcome them. And when you do this, but if you go back to why are you wanting to do this, ask yourself why is it because you're wanting to reverse disease is it because you want to feel better, is because now you have grandchildren and you're noticing that you're not able to keep up with them? Is there some big trip? Again, what does that big value? And just keep asking, getting to the deeper reason of why. So if it's a matter of Okay, I want to spend more time with my grandkids. Okay, what happens when you spend more time with your kids? What, what does that look like? You know, try to be as, as um, specific as possible. Is it, I want to be able to hike a, a trail with them. I want to travel with them to Italy on an amazing family trip. It doesn't matter. Whatever that why is for you, that'll help you when you get to that obstacle and you have a choice. That obstacle is, you know, tripped you up before or you have a different choice today. To like, you know what? I've made a plan. I can see where I tripped up before I, I have a plan and I know I, if I execute it, I will get over this obstacle. And then remember, what was that value? What was that reason that you made this plan to begin with? Why you keep coming back to it? And I want you to imagine if it's the grandkids or if it's a trip or whatever it is, on the other side of that obstacle is you aligned with your values of why you've made that decision. Because that's where you can make that hard decision in the moment when you're, you're faced with whether I'm going to stay on this because I've done it for the last, let's say, three days, but this obstacle keeps coming up, you know, sit back and just ask some questions. Don't run away from it. Don't try to fight it. Just look into it and say, okay, why do you keep presenting an op- a difficult decision for me? And just, again, go back to which decision fits into my values, right? And I think this gets really simple at that point. It's either a yes, this does, or no, it doesn't. And then you have, I feel it gives you power, right? It gives you resilience and flexibility and knowing that you have little control over your destiny because you have the power and the control of a decision. It's a simple, I can engage in this or not. And, um, but the value will pull you towards the the better decision. Um, At least that's, Maybe I'm not explaining it the best, but I, I feel like that's the, the core of the issue here. And then it's a matter of coming up with recipes that you can eat on a regular basis. Maybe it's doing batch cooking and creating those. So then you don't have to make the decision of, well, my husband wants this. Like if you are gonna to have to continue to cook for him, you already have your food. Maybe you eat before he does. So you're not hungry when you're eating, You know, making these foods that maybe are tripping you up. Um, I think looking at taking your favorite recipes and putting them a healthier spin on a plant-based way was also another thing. So you don't feel like you're depriving yourself. Um, Yeah. So again, looking at the problem, finding some solutions that keep tripping you up and then placing some value on your, on the decision of why you're pursuing a whole food plant-based diet.
0: That sounds great. And if she wanted to work with you, you work with people. I've I've been posting the link both in the chat and in the show notes.
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah. So I'm at uh, drmarbus.com. I have several ways of uh, engaging with me. I'm starting a very small concierge practice. I'm only going to take a few patients and it's, it is filling up, which is really fun. And I just really enjoy working with patients. The um, other thing that we're doing is a very low cost membership with, and I'm partnering with Brittany Giroudi and we're doing, we're calling it the healing kitchen. So we're meeting every Wednesday, actually starting today. And um, basically, we're going to spend an hour together uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. on the Pacific side. And half hour, she sends out the recipes so you can cook with her uh, the first half hour. And I'm going to cook with her, too. So we'll be cooking together. And then we're going to sit down and eat our food together. And I'm going to answer medical questions. And I can see anyone across the country. I'm licensed in all 50 states and D.C., So yeah, it's called the healing kitchen and it's the link is at the drmarbus.com. And I'm, thank you for sharing that. It's going to be a lot of fun and yeah, I'm, I can't wait. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to be giving away some free gifts and stuff. So yeah, I I can't wait. And we're going to also theme it around particular things. So we're going to be talking about diabetes, for example, this month and you know, how foods, can heal you from diabetes and understanding the context around diabetes. Because even if you don't have diabetes, we all know somebody probably does, and um, the struggles there. But yeah, and we'll be able talking about heart health and cholesterol and hypertension and weight loss, all those things. I'm super excited about it.
0: Right. Well, Brittany's watching live today. <laughs> She's amazing. Yep. Okay. This is a question from Joanne. Ari, regarding wet macular degeneration, I've read that people with this condition need high omega-3s. Do I need to take fish oil or is flaxseed enough? And if so, how much?
1: Yeah. So um, interesting with eye health, there is some really interesting study. There's an actual, um, it's called AREDS. It's a supplement that you can take for uh, macular degeneration that actually has some pretty good science behind it. So I'd actually recommend that you look into that. But you wanna do, you wanna eat eat really um, rich omega-3 foods. So that's again, like I had mentioned the ground flaxseed, walnuts, but those are the short chain omega-3s. You don't have to take fish oil. You could take an algae omega-3 if you're finding that you're not getting enough, Um, probably around 250 to 500 milligrams daily would be ideal. And you can have your levels tested from Quest and they call it, a, what is it called? The omega something. And he asked if- me. Yes, yes, there you go. And um, there is no RDA for omegas, but I do find that test is really interesting to do. And then it's a discussion point because if it's really low and you're having symptoms of certain things, for example, I found um, when I increase someone's omega-3 foods, or if they start supplementing, it's some interesting things happen. You will see inflammatory markers decrease. Sometimes you'll have some residual joint discomfort resolve itself. And so again, these are all discussions um, around the individual patient and happy to work with someone if they have some uh, struggles with
0: anything. Nice. Uh, Jesse's recommending purslane for omega-3. Hmm. Have you heard of that? It's like a weed. that It's called vertilago. They serve it at where I work in Mexico. And um, you get, okay. it's, it's actually like, it's like four for a dollar. I'm told it's the highest, like green source of omega-3. It's a, it's it's technically a weed that grows in the sidewalk cracks, but it's actually quite tasty. Purcellane? Purcellane. P-U-R-S-L-A-N-E. And in the ethnic markets, it's called vertilago.
1: Vertilago.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very good. I learned that about That is it. awesome. I learned about it many years ago at Summerfest from Dr. Carrie Saunders. Awesome. This is from Laura. She says appeal a p e e l is now being put on citrus fruits, avocados, and other organic fruits and vegetables, I guess to make them stay fresh longer. I've read it causes cancer, and I've read it I also read it's safe to consume. What is the truth?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I haven't dove into it, but I can certainly do that. A P what?
0: a p e e l. You ever heard of it?
1: Mm -mm. But it is interesting. Um, That's where I'm a big fan of organic uh, foods. So if you can consume foods that come from your local environment, I'm lucky here in California, as I'm sure you understand, AJ, um, or even going down to Mexico that. You know this. I've never tasted foods so yummy here. Like the strawberries here are phenomenal. But mm-hmm. if you can support your organic farmers, you can do some CSA where you can get some foods um, that'll at least limit your exposure to different things. Um, but again, I'm I'm sorry, I, I'm not as familiar with the appeal, but I can certainly look it up. That is, and you're going to sure be we'll- coming
0: back on. Maybe you could look it up. I am. She's saying it's also put on organic, not just uh, yeah, really. Store. Yeah. Okay. So good, huh? Uh, This is from from Kelly. I was just diagnosed with hypothyroidism. In researching Synthroid, I've read that people on this medication should avoid walnuts, soy, and high fiber foods. I never heard that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, Being whole food plant-based, I eat all of these. Will this interfere with my medication?
1: Okay. So I've been hypothyroid for 27 years. Um, I was diagnosed um, after the birth of baby number two. And um, interesting, <clears throat> when I went on a whole food plant-based diet 11 years ago, or almost 12 years ago. So I had been hypothyroid for 15 years at this point with escalating doses over every few years. I went plant-based. My dosage uh, needs have decreased and I'm still on a on a, a, but a much lower dose. I'm still on the medication. And it's interesting, I never worried about consuming cruciferous vegetables, soy. If anything, I eat a ton of these things and my thyroid continued to improve. So I would say, now do you, when you're taking your medication, you're taking it on a fasting state before you're consuming food with a glass of water, typically half hour before you're consuming food in the morning. And as long as you're doing that, you're gonna be absorbing and consuming uh, your medication and it's gonna be okay. If anything, a whole food plant-based diet and high fiber diet decreases inflammation, especially when you look at the autoimmune components of most hypothyroid cases in the United States. So the piece that's really, really important that I need you to pay attention to though is if you're on a whole food plant-based diet and recently diagnosed with hypothyroidism, I need you to look at your iodine um, sources because iodine can be... um, neglected uh, unintentionally on a salt, oil, and sugar-free diet. And uh, because the majority of the American population gets their iodine from iodized salt. And I'm not saying you need to consume salt, but I do need you to consider having a ready source of iodine and not too much, not too little. So it's about 150 micrograms per day is what you need. Um, You can take a supplement, you can do some Nori. Again, you don't want to do lots of sheets of Nori because then you can take too much. The one way, again, is tests don't guess is to um, check your iodine and it's not a blood test. Unfortunately, it's a 24-hour urine collection. That is the accurate iodine uh, measure test because what happens if you do the blood, the iodine levels will fluctuate through the day, but you want to check it for 24 hours. And that will be a really good indication because I've had more than a few cases actually of my really strict plant-based eaters um, coming in with this new diagnosis. So like, what is going on? I thought I was eating this healthy diet and now I have hypothyroidism. We put them on the appropriate um, iodine replacement and lo and behold, their thyroid heals itself and they start producing enough hormone and they're no longer hypothyroid. So I would um, look at that if I was you.
0: Great. Thank you. Here's a question from a live viewer named Dawn. I've been taking complement supplements. Do you have an opinion on these? Yeah, I think
1: complement's a a great resource. Um, So I would, again, if you're taking uh, supplementation, but also, you know, because they have their, I think if I remember right, it's been a second since I've looked at their particular um, different types of things that they were offering. They They also offer personalized at peel pack, so you can measure your. Cert- I think they you order certain tests, and then they recommend you know specific amounts based on your test results, which is an interesting um, option too. But um, you can definitely order tests to make sure that you're not too high in the selenium. Um, although I've never seen anyone high on magnesium, um, I think magnesium's in there. Um, they do B12. They have omegas, and they have the complementary omegas, you know, they have the methyl and the adenosyl, I believe. Um, Yeah. So I think a complement's a a great starting point. And again, I would, if you have so many concerns, you can certainly have blood tests done. And I'm happy to order those, like I said, for anyone who's interested.
0: That's amazing. You're uh, all 50 states.
1: Yes, ma'am. And D.C.
0: (laughs) Does that include like Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands?
1: Actually, no. Um, Puerto Rico has their own licensing and so does like uh, the Samoa Islands. Um, yeah, so there is some additional licensing that I just haven't had any requests for patients in those areas. So certainly if I saw that there was a need, I would, you know, look into getting those. But it's it's a, it's an administrative nightmare to get <laughs> additional licensing. So it's, I've, I've got a nice little system set up now um, to keep everything... Uh, going. And it's not cheap. It's around $10,000 a year to renew the licenses that come up for renewal each year. So again, it's it's
0: not for for each state, is it?
1: No, that's, it's usually like, think about mm, 20 to 22 are renewed each year. Um, But again, that's, those aren't, that's just administrative fees. And then you have malpractice, (laughs) which um, is it cheap for all 50 states and luckily you know I have a clean record I've never been you know praise God sued or anything but uh, yeah it's it's a crazy thing and uh, utilizing insurance is difficult um, you know I just we just we started a company called Mora and unfortunately in the last uh, few weeks we've come to determine that we can't continue to sustain a business um, utilizing insurance without a ready flow of patients. And we were really struggling to get enough patients in front of us that wanted to engage with these lifestyle changes um, while utilizing insurance. And um, so we've actually closed our company. We're pivoting to uh, other opportunities in the corporate space. Um, But yeah, it's it's quite a journey. I've learned a ton. I've grown a lot. Um, but hence why I'm starting my own concierge practice. Again, a small practice. I really want to spend a lot of time with patients.
0: All right. If people want to join you and Brittany Giroudi's, uh yeah. program tonight, that just, just click on the website and the information will be there.
1: Yes, ma'am. It's under the Healing Kitchen. And um, again, it's uh, Brittany, myself, for an hour every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The uh, events will be recorded. So if you miss them and- they will be evergreens. So you'll always have access to them. And those who join later will also have access to the earlier episodes. And we're going to be sending the recipes a week in advance. So you can go get the food and cook with us. And it's going to be basically a dinner party every Wednesday night.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Monica says, do you also see Canadians and how many sheets of nori for ideal iodine?
1: That's a really good question. I think I would look at the, because each. I'm assuming each one will be different. Look at the packaging and it should how much iodine is in and how much, um, like I said, you only want to, it's a really tiny amount. It's 150 micrograms. I can see Canadian patients. I just can't prescribe medications or labs. Um, I can give you some advice. It's more of a coaching call at that point, but I'm happy to, to see um, international patients
0: as well. Yeah. Um, if you have had your thyroid ablated due to Graves disease, do you still need iodine?
1: Uh, no, cause you're going to be consuming the levothyroxine or Synthroid or the leothionine that you'll be on a different uh, supplementation. So yeah, no, you won't, but mm-hmm. if you have, uh, any thyroid tissue <laughs> and you, and you are taking, uh, even levothyroxine, you will still want to maximize your thyroid's ability to make its own hormone. So you need less of the medication because remember the, the little, the, the minimal amount of medication you need, the better we all are. <laughs>
0: yep. Uh, and La- Layla says, What causes lethargy? I can't kick the low energy feeling I'm having. Probably a lot of.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, my heavens. So, this is interesting. I had a conversation with a patient yesterday, and we really spoke about fatigue, and she'd been um, more vegetarian and vegan more recently. But when you're thinking about it, and, and I'm assuming it was a young woman, there's a few things to consider. Um, One, are you eating enough calories? Um, You know, sometimes we really focus in on the lower calorie fruits and veggies and neglect whole grains and legumes, so consider that. How are you sleeping? Um, Is your sleep good? Because if you're not sleeping well or giving yourself a sufficient restorative sleep, you're going to have fatigue. Um, Are you taking your B12? Have you checked your B12? Is it in a good place? Is it above 500? Um, The other thing to consider is do you have heavy periods? Um, a lot of women don't think about that. And then even if they are not anemic when they do a CBC, which measures your hematocrit and your hemoglobin, your ferritins can be low. So think about ferritin, you know, when you drive by the storage units, those self-storage units, think about ferritin like that, that's where you store iron. And if your ferritin is below 50 and I see it, I've seen it commonly in not even just plant-based women, but women in general who have heavy periods or flows that last longer, even if they're not considered heavy flows, but longer than typical, um, their ferritin will be low. So if you can get your ferritin back up to 50, meaning eat more fiber rich, iron rich foods, and on occasion an iron supplement for a period of time, or maybe around the time of your heavier flow, they feel amazing. And I mean, it's like a life transformation thing, just a simple thing like that. Um, and then I would also check your thyroid and um, your thyroid could be an issue. Um, maybe you're avoiding iodine, uh, unbeknownst and have a little bit of a thyroid issue that can cause fatigue, which can also lead to heavy periods, low thyroid, which can also cause low period. So you could have a cascade of events occurring. Um, So those are the big ones, I think, if I'm thinking about someone who's engaging with a whole food plant-based diet, Um, and sometimes stress, right? Stress can really mess with your mental uh, fortitude and energy. um, You're just exhausted worrying about things. So again, lots of things can be, but that would be the top of my list.
0: Nice. Well, thank you, Dr. Marvis. And I hope you have fun tonight. What are the recipes you guys are making tonight?
1: Um, well, tonight's kind of because it's our first uh, one. We're going to just talk and meet with everyone. I'm going to do kind of a Q&A like this and introduce the concepts and take a survey of really what they want. But next week is Lebanese green beans and watermelon sorbet, all SOS free. And I'm so excited. Yes.
0: Oh, my gosh, that sounds great. Will people be able to see each other on Zoom?
1: Yep. Yep. We have a webinar piece so you can have um, interactions and answer lots of questions. And yeah, it's only $20 a month. And I don't know anywhere else you can get that type of value where you're, you've got a, a chef that makes incredible food with her own amazing weight loss journey is Brittany. Giroudi is just she's an absolute delight and then have the medical um, expertise as well, especially someone who's had experiencing thousands of patients and I'm I can't wait. I want to stay really excited about this evening and every Wednesday. I
0: I wish you every success and I look forward to having you back on the show.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate your time and I hope you feel
0: better. Thank you. I'm going to go lay down. Thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow at 11 a.m. with Linda Tyler making vegan mini berry cheesecakes. Take care everyone. Mm. Bye-bye. Yum.